Hello and welcome to Error 204, the podcast where we discuss theology from a Reformed perspective and genuinely nerdy topics where there's no content that you won't love. I'm Luke Denner. And I'm Mark Fromey. Today, we are going to be talking about our favorite theological topics, whatever that means. Mark picked these things, I didn't, so, you know. These were from Jesse's then, list. Yeah, it's, well, forget Jesse. I'm, I'm blaming you. I like Jesse, <laughs> so you get to take the fall. So we're going to talk about our favorite theological topics to discuss, I guess. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know what the parameters are. I'll let you lay those out. And then <laughs> we're also going to talk about our top five most played games. And then I guess also our favorite multiplayer and our favorite single player game and whatever else we feel like talking about along the way. So let's go ahead and jump into our weeks. Mark, how's your week been going? Yeah. Or two my... weeks, whatever it's been since we recorded. I don't even know. Two weeks. <laughs> uh yeah, Luke's real enthusiastic today, as you can all tell. Uh, I am so happy to be here with you today. <laughs> uh, no, my week's been good. Uh, it's been busy, tiring. Uh, Isabella's three months old now, so time's flown in that sense. That's like, his daughter, not his wife, just so everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. So she's she's three months. She's... uh getting real entertaining and really fun. She's adorable. We FaceTimed Mark and Lindsay the other day, and she's so stinking cute. Yeah, she is. He's super cute. She's hilarious. Um, she's figuring out how to grab things really well. Like, she's always kind of unintentionally, like, open and closed her hands, like, not really figured out the motor skills. It just kind of happened. And she's figuring out how to, like, actually maneuver her hand to go to what she wants it to be and grab at what she wants to grab at and stuff like that. Which has been interesting because she likes to grab my beard. And, and then rip it out. And then she squeezes it and then she pulls. Nice. So yeah, that's always fun. So I should stay clean shaven for Charles. At least after the first three months. <laughs> I mean... Freak the poor kid out. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, dude, if I shave at this point, she's going to have to just cries attack. every time she sees oh, you. Oh, for sure. We were telling... My, Lindsay and I were telling uh, Luke and Ashley that Isabella is way more happy and comfortable around men who have beards and wear glasses. Because I have a beard and I wear glasses. And so, like, any guy who doesn't She's clean-shaven or doesn't wear glasses. She's very, like... She's fine with them, but she's more on edge. And then, like, uh, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, um, usually has a beard and he wears glasses. And when she met him, even when she was only, like, two months old or whatever, she loved Kayvon. Like, she was just super comfortable with him, which is really... Because we don't look at all alike that's the only thing we have in common is we have beards and glasses. So <clears throat> that was always kind of amusing. Wait, you mean you're fair skinned and, <laughs> and he's Iranian <laughs> and Kayvon's not, I was trying yeah. to think of a polite way to put it. I mean, he is. It's <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> makes a big difference, <laughs> but, uh, no. So yeah, we, uh, she's been fun. Work's been busy. Um, I'm starting to, we, we haven't talked to our listeners at all about this. Luke and I are both reaching new levels of super nerd. Um, 
I was... oh, legally, I'm not allowed to tell people about mine. Oh, okay. That's how that works. So I've been working on uh, learning coding languages and stuff like that. Um, to, like, mostly f what's called front-end development, so building websites and things like that. But I've been I've been learning like HTML, CSS. I'm going to be getting into JavaScript and um, stuff like that. So shout out to Charles Watson, who also created GG, one of our favorite apps. He's been helping me a lot with uh, GG, providing me good resources to learn from and and what GG to .io. what to Check look into. Out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we send after every siege match. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we do that a lot. I wonder if anybody ever actually goes and looks at it. I mean, I wouldn't, dude. If you're playing games online and somebody from the other team sends you a URL, usually like, it's hacks. Yeah. But we try, Charles. We try. We mark it even if it's not getting anywhere. I don't know why I address Charles. Like we know he doesn't listen to us. Yeah, he's, he said but... he doesn't listen to podcasts, even though he now works for a podcast company. Which is awesome. Yeah, but so... that's okay. I don't blame him. I only listen to him while I drive. Yeah, yeah. I don't listen to him as often as I. And the only like. one I listen to is ours. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um. Yeah, so it's it's been busy. Uh, a lot of sp the time that used to be spare time in the evenings, I'm spending coding and taking doing courses and watching videos. And now, let's be honest here, though, you're not really giving up your spare time. You're giving up sleep time That's because then true. after that, <laughs> you're getting on late and playing games. Yeah, I finished that up, and I had two or three nights this week where I was up to like two a.m. So, and I was there with him. Yep, which was dumb. <laughs> The difference is so you you stay once up, you're out of college you shouldn't stay up past midnight. Nah, we've been fine. I've been fine at least. You're a baby about sleep though. I am. I like my eight hours. You'll be good once you have a kid. You'll be the one wanting we'll to stay see. up. We'll <laughs> see. I wouldn't put my money on that. That's true. You're going to be cranky and wanting to sleep all the time. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's been what I've had going on. Just. Lots of, lots of new stuff. Lots of business, but all the hoopla. Oh yeah. What about Fine. you? Well, like you said, been delving into new levels of nerdiness. So Mark's been working on. Did you say what I was doing? I wasn't paying attention. I, didn't. I was playing Stronghold. I didn't say what you were doing. You were what? I said I was I was playing Stronghold. Stop still. I just said Stronghold. Steamed off. <laughs> I said Steamed off once, so you couldn't yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I closed it out, but. <laughs> I, I don't care about your life, man. I'm, I'm there for most of it. So, you know, there's no point for me to listen to that part oh, okay. and then to get my, my fun quips in. So, no, I, uh, I've i been working on my ethical hacking cert, and right now I've been focusing on hacking web apps, which has been fun with Mark also working on the web dev side of things because it means if he pushes a live site or something, it gives me something to play around with and test the security on. But, but yes, that's been a, a decent bit of my evenings, too, has been... Just working on that and, and learning how to do all sorts of fun penetration testing and makes me never want to give information out on the internet ever again. <laughs> but now mo most sites are pretty secure. The this ridiculous thing about this though, is I've been going through it is like once I get to more on the network testing side of things and network vulnerabilities, I think I'm going to understand it a bit more. But just jumping into the web hacking and not having a background in, in web development or any of those sort of coding languages and how it all functions. Like, it, it's crazy to me that there are guys who know that well enough to then sit down and be like, all right, we're just going to try this and see if this exploits it. Yeah. And and so, like, 
people who come up with the hacks are crazy smart. But, but yeah, so I'm I'm excited though to get into the, the network side of things. I can't do that for a little while here because I have some stuff I need to have come in to be able to start working on that. But I'm excited to start doing that because I feel like that's gonna be something I'm gonna first off just enjoy a lot more again because I have that background knowledge and then also understand a lot more because of that background knowledge. Yeah, for sure. And again, not that I'm a networking expert, but I at least have some knowledge there. Yeah. Whereas web stuff, all I really knew was HTML coding, which you don't really exploit. So yeah, been doing that. Uh, life's been good. Work's been good. We're going down this Wednesday to visit my wife's grandparents. They live down um, Lake of the Ozarks. And so we're going to go down there and, and spend the day with them, which will be fun. So we both took the day off work to head down and do that. And then Saturday's my birthday. So I expect amazing presents from all our wonderful listeners. You can you can send cash. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Nothing nothing super big planned. Probably just going to have a relaxing day at home. Nice. And should be good. Not do a heck of a lot of anything. So, yeah, it's been good. I actually had a doctor's appointment. Charles is healthy. About two months out now. Getting close, little, man. A little under two months, actually, probably. Because, yeah, September 11th is the due date. So it's crazy. It was, it was so funny last night. He got the hiccups and then like got ticked off that he had the hiccups and just started kicking and squirming around like crazy. Yeah, dude. Isabella used to do that too. It was so funny. It was, yeah. It was like, oh, he's got the hiccups. Oh, he's not happy that he has the hiccups. And then of course, poor Ashley's the one who has to pay for it because he's repeatedly kicking her in the ribs. Yeah. But. Oh, just wait. Yeah. It's like Isabella did that in, in the womb too, but. When she was born, like, still, when she gets the hiccups, oh, man, she gets so mad. (laughs) She hates them so much. I mean, I totally get it. I get ticked when I get the hiccups. Like, (laughs) I'm a grown man, and it makes me mad. Yeah, except as a grown man, it's not acceptable for you to kick and scream every time you hiccup. Doesn't matter. I still do it. (laughs) You're acting like a child. I'm not acting. I am not acting. (laughs) Oh, such a good show. It is. If you haven't watched Psych, go watch Psych. It is a good show. Uh, all right, theological topics. So, what's our here? You you handle this. Right, go. Yeah. So, and this this might not be. I like how you just rolled with that. <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> uh, so this is probably going to be a shorter podcast as a whole. Too, these aren't super long topics to talk about, but. Jesse Knopp had posted in our group a while ago um, at, with some suggested topics he, he thought would be cool to hear from or hear about from us. And so uh, these are this is one theological one and one nerdy one. But uh, so he asked, what is our favorite theological topics to, to talk about or to discuss? And so, like, I'm taking that as, like, what whenever you're having a conversation about theology what's something that you just really enjoy talking about? Like it makes you excited or happy or, uh, Jesus <laughs> done next topic. <laughs> All right. So we're on anything, the games. No. <laughs> if you say anything else, you're a Pharisee. Okay. That's how that works. <laughs> um, so I figure we just like, if there's anything specific, I've got a few that I wrote down that I just, I really enjoy talking about or, um, have a lot of thoughts on i guess sometimes is what it is too but is there any topic you don't have a lot of thoughts on 
I mean, I know I'm one to talk in that area, but still. Yeah. I'm trying to think. <coughs> we are both very opinionated men. We are. Uh, and it gets really fun when those opinions don't line up. Angelology. That's one that I don't touch a ton. Don't claim to know that much about either. Like I Angelology? Like the anatomy of the angels? <laughs> yeah, that's what that means. I mean, with Twain he covered his face, with Twain he covered his whatever, and with Twain he covered his feet. <laughs> Twain means two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is going all over the place already. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I'm here for your angel anatomy classes. <laughs> I'm going to set up an online course for ninety nine ninety nine a day. You can learn <laughs> angel anatomy from Professor Luke Denner. It's going to be the same thing every day, too. <laughs> With Twain, he covered his face. Just, I'm just going to say that over and over again. Uh, I mean, you asked what's something that I don't have as a ton of thoughts about or anything. That's so you don't care about angels? Yeah, that's that's what I said. I don't care about them. They're lame. That's not true. <laughs> okay, cool. So, Mark uh, just chopped that part out of the Bible and threw it away. You all heard it here first. <laughs> uh really trying to make me look bad aren't you i don't have to try that hard that's fair i do a pretty good job myself i'm kidding i love you <laughs> oh i'm just in a very snarky mood for some reason i can tell Makes <laughs> this is called entertainment value mark okay it's like brock lesnar shoving dc mark mark forbade me from talking about ufc on the podcast so i'm gonna make any reference i can every chance i can squeeze it in anyway Yep. So, so, uh, so angelology would be one that you wouldn't have. Okay, so I, I get what you're saying. So, yeah. like things that you you enjoy talking about, um, not not necessarily things you just have opinions on, but things you actually enjoy discussing. Yeah, think like my, my question. Conversational things. I I don't know about you, but some of my theological topics aren't my go-to conversational things. Like I'm not talking to the guy in McDonald's about eternal functional subordination of the sun. Um, Is that one of your favorite things to talk about? No, I was just throwing something out there. <laughs> I get your point. Like, yeah. So, I mean, but we talk in our podcast a lot about stuff. We talk in. Uh, well, and that's where like I think Facebook I think we need to make about stuff. Make the distinction before we get into it. Like, this if, is, if yeah, this talking, isn't just the everyday conversation I'm walking up and having with everybody I meet. Okay, because say if we're talking like theology conversations between you and me, those are going to be different. Sure. Than theology conversations with um, some ch- church members or lost people. Yeah. Okay. So, so how about regardless of what we end up talking about the most? What are the things that? What are the theological topics we enjoy talking about the most? I mean, again, it depends on the person, though, because I enjoy some of it based off of the effect of that conversation is having. Does that make sense? I guess kind of. I'm gonna I'm gonna have way more joy talking about the gospel with someone who's lost and seeing God save that person than I'm ever gonna get in a conversation with you and Kyle about analogies of the Trinity. Sure. As as much as I enjoyed that conversation, I'm gonna have more joy seeing a lost person sure. saved. Yeah. I think there's inherently more joy in talking about the doctrines of grace and the. Uh, not the doctrines of grace, sorry, the doctrine of grace or mercy 
or atonement and, and what it is that Christ has done for us. Sure. Like, I, I just think those are by necessity, like they have more joy associated with him, at least in a human experience. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Like, again, all theology should drive us to worship. But it is far easier to be driven to worship off of the Lord of the universe created everything for his glory. Humankind had the audacity to rebel, and instead of squashing them, he sent his only son to die for them, to save them, to draw them to himself, so that now we are free to have a relationship with him, we are free to enter into his presence and glorify him forever. There's way more joy out of that. Or, sorry, not way more joy. It's far easier to respond in worship to that than it is to respond in worship to uh, superlapsarianism versus infralapsarianism. Sure. I'd agree with Does that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd agree with that. I'm just, I'm just picking apart Jesse's question. Jesse, you should have been more specific. <laughs> come on, man. So I'll, I'll go through what I put down. What I, All right, what you do I that, and then I'll try and come up with some along those same guidelines. <laughs> so, I, I mean, when I put with soteriology, talking Boy, about... Well, I'm being a fickle pickle today. <laughs> uh, like, just talking about the doctrine of salvation, talking about, like, I mean, which very gospel-centric, very christ-centered right like it talking about the doctrines of grace talking about i mean kind of yeah what (laughs) what jesus has done and uh how it affects our lives how it affects people um i i love talking about that i love having conversations about that um with people where i can talk and use big words and where they use words where i have to go use a dictionary like i enjoy that kind of level of conversation or just talking with whoever um man i've had fun getting like sitting down and rocking isabella to sleep and like just talking through the gospel to her in super simple terms obviously she doesn't understand what i'm saying Uh, i'm glad you're saying so because here's mark and so jesus came to be the propitiation (laughs) and the atonement for the i'm trying to get some big word for for the union (laughs) for the transgressions of of uh oh gosh homo sapiens homo sapiens thank you (laughs) no (coughs) but being able to just like sit with her and like ron rocking her to sleep or whatever just going through a very basic gospel presentation yeah she doesn't understand that yet but i like i enjoy talking about it even in simple terms and and i'm going to enjoy as she gets older sharing the gospel with her day in and day out um so, so the doctrine of salvation is one for me that I love getting to talk about and I love having conversations about and thinking about and, and worshiping God for, like you said, all, all, all theology should drive us to worship. And so, and so being able to praise God for, for what he's done in salvation is something that I'll, I'll never grow tired of. Um, <clears throat> and then another one. Ditto. <laughs> Another one for me that I enjoy ha- talking about more than most people probably do, or at least some people, is um, we're doing vocab time with Mark II, ecclesiology, talking about uh, the doctrine of the church and what the church is supposed to be. I, I enjoy those conversations, talking about uh, philosophy of ministry. How do we as, as pastors or leaders reach the world? How do we shepherd uh, the people that God puts under us. Why are you playing your guitar? I, I thought this needed some track laid down <laughs> behind you while you, I was just trying to help. 
It makes you sound way cooler when you have music behind you. Uh, Fine. I put it away. So ecclesiology in the church. Yeah, talk, talking about how the, what the church is supposed to do, what its role is, how, how that looks today, and how we remain Christ-centered uh, and function as a good bride. Right. Like how, how we function as a good... Um, Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say we're the bride of Christ. Why? Because old PJ Smalls will get mad at you for it, like he got mad at Keller for it. PJ Smalls. Oh, come on, man. Don't worry about it. Just keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, so that that's another theological topic that I, I enjoy getting to talk about. I, I enjoy getting to talk with other pastors about the way their churches, they do things in their church and why they do it the way they do it. Um, even down to just the very pragmatic standpoint of um, you know, how they go about greeting, how they go about distributing the Lord's Supper, how they go about doing, uh, like putting together Intinction. a... Only way. <laughs> Man. So gross. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to so buy gross. you one of uh, the shirts from Doctrine and Devotion. Have you seen their shirts on that no drink uh i think it says drink it don't sink it or something like that <laughs> just the i mean i guess if you give individual cups and you're allowed to do it that way or uh, i still don't like it but i still don't like it i mean i don't either but man when you're passing it and everyone's dipping their grubby fingers that they didn't wash oh. after they wiped their butts with <laughs> it's just it's nasty yeah no thanks so so yeah, like cool. stuff like that. Uh, and then I put, this is the, in a lot of ways to me, a no-brainer, what you already kind of hit on, but talking about uh, theology proper, you know, doctrine of God and doctrine of Christ and um, being able to just reflect on who God is, what he's done, how he cares for us, how he cares for his creation, how he has orchestrated the universe is, is something that will always leave me awe-inspired and worshipful. I, I'm always just left marveling at who God is whenever I have conversations around those things. Yeah, for sure. So we use that term theology proper. Is theology improper? Is that like Joel Osteen and Stephen Furtick? <laughs> You're going to confuse ask. people now. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. But yeah, no, 100%. Like all those topics are ones I, I, I love as well. I think I think you definitely land more on the maybe larger scale of the ecclesial uh, church side of things. Um, what do you mean? Like a, you, you tend to, you like looking at, so you talk about like the sacraments, how those are done or church government, um, church polity, that those sort of things. And I I tend to find myself focused more on the the small like how how are we doing discipleship in the church yeah how how are we which not saying you neglect yeah, those sure. that's where that's where my passion tends to get though is is how are we how are we discipling how are we teaching how are we equipping how are we training people yeah and so I don't know what you would call that in a fancy term Mister Fancy Words I mean I but that's still the doctrine of the church like we're doing I yes it's it's still part of it yeah. But I think that's the the aspect. But that's one that I tend to really enjoy 
discussing and looking into and seeing how can we be best equipping. Yeah. And so, uh, not not only doing the good Baptist thing of trying to get people to check a box and walk down the aisle, but actually following up with those who have made a profession of faith. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I and yeah. And just seeing how how can we implement that? How can we see this discipleship? I think one of my biggest ones right now, one of the biggest ones for me. I know you're the same way with this, but one of the one of the conversations I've enjoyed the most, like with pastors at my church and, and other guys, is how how do we do a better job as a church to equip the guys who are and, and the gals who are teaching within the church? Yep. Yeah. How do we see that? Because I I feel like we failed in that area a lot, and I started noticing that like just coming out of out of some youth camps and stuff like that, and just hearing other pastors and other teachers say things that were just really scary to hear from somebody in a leadership position and and just see okay so how do we how do we avoid going to the other extreme like you and I have both complained before about our issues with the Baptist ideas of oh if we're going to hire you as a pastor you have to have your MDiv and you have to have pastored for at least 10 years and you have to be under 40 and and so how do we avoid that being the standard, but at the same time not go to the other extreme and go, oh, well, this guy's got a good heart, so let's throw a Bible at him and stick him in front of some people yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, there's there's a balance that, and, and we've, man, I know you and I have had this conversation time in and time out, the pendulum swings one to one extreme and the other constantly, where there, there's there's time periods where it's, and we're, we're in one right now that's very professional focused and very, we need so much experience and we need so many degrees and all these things well, and i think and it's usually a, danger, it's a response to each other where yeah we we swing to the other side and it's like oh this guy's got a good heart this guy loves people let's give him a bible and you see i mean give the guy a bible just don't give him this platform <laughs> yeah but you, you we've seen too often it's too common where in instances like that where they're not being trained properly where they're not being discipled and mentored by other men um they go off the deep end for one reason or another um and so the response becomes well okay then we need the people that are super professional and and it's, it's a vicious cycle of there need there yeah there needs to be a balance it's, it's hard to find that balance um of people who have good training and are still learning from others who also are passionate about what they're doing in the church and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah. And I'll say I think the danger from the reformed camp which I'm speaking to because we both would come out of that. Yeah. I think the danger there is to go, "Oh, well, it's safer to err on the side of the professionalism and the guys who are equipped." Yeah. And it it's not. If you have a guy who has great theology but doesn't love people, you're just as screwed as the other guy who loves people and has crappy theology. Yeah. And are you allowed to say screwed and crappy that close together in a Christian podcast? <laughs> This, um, is a, this is our Christian Minecraft server. That's not allowed here. Christian Minecraft server. <laughs> oh, gosh. But anyway, but so like both both are wrong. And, and that's what I was thinking. It's, it's kind of the same thing what we were talking about with um, stuff with Paige Patterson back with. And we never talked about that on the podcast, I don't think. But we talked about it just privately. That was mostly during people, our hiatus. <laughs> yeah. And there were people during that time going, oh, yeah, well, he did such great things to curb theological liberalism. Which he did, but he replaced it with fundamentalism, which is just as far off from the gospel. Yes, yeah, and so direction. appreciate that they hold to the integrity and authority of Scripture. Although, ironically, most of them still trust tradition more than the authorities. But anyway, that's another <laughs> argument for another time. Yeah. 
but the point is, we, we, we don't ever get to say, all right, well, yeah, both sides are wrong, but this is the lesser of the two evils. No, we have to be continuously trying to push back to that. How, how do we see this biblically? Um, how do we see how do we see this being handled biblically? And so is there a necessity for a piece of paper saying that you know how to read information, dump it, and forget it? No. Is there a necessity to say, well, we don't care about degrees and we can just pull in anybody off the street. No. Jesus pulled guys off the street, but he also discipled and trained and equipped them. And and you see guys from all walks of life, from Luke being a doctor, writing scripture, and Paul, who was a Pharisee of Pharisees, writing scripture, to Matthew, Peter and Matthew. Matthew. Peter was a fisherman, yeah. Yeah. So you, you see, it's, it's not... Good credentials or a good heart aren't what makes it. Uh, I I would say you do have to have the good heart, obviously, but that's not sufficient by itself. Christ didn't look at these guys and go, all right, yeah, these are the guys I want, now go. No, he took them with them and he discipled them. And so how can we as the church be doing that? Because honestly, the way, in in my opinion, um, which which I think is right in this case, (laughs) (laughs) the way we should see pastors coming up is not through universities and seminaries it should it should be discipleship and raising up within the local church it is the job of the church to equip these men in my opinion not the job of universities or seminaries not to knock those they're there for a reason because the church has failed in this area but i think that that role should be back on the church to see those hap- those things happening you see that with paul and timothy um you see that with timothy and titus um Throughout scripture, that's that's more the example that we saw set, and, and I would like to see things start shifting back that way. That said, I'm grateful to have had college education in ministry. I learned a lot of great things through that. So yeah, yeah, double edged sword there. But yeah, um, I'll tack on one more for myself here, really quick. Okay, and that is, I I honestly I I love talking I. About the doctrines of grace. Like, not in a cage stagey, you have to see this is true kind of way. But, as we mentioned when we went through those doctrines, having that view of the sovereignty of God is so freeing and so assuring for the Christian that I just have that desire to, to, to have those conversations with people, to see them push farther into the sovereignty of God and rest more in that assurance that comes with it. And so that that's another one of the topics I really just like discussing with guys. And thankfully I've gotten away from calling Armenians heretics or being a jerk about it. <laughs> but yeah. at least most of the time, there's still definitely times I can get more heated than I need to. But, but yeah, that's another one. So there you go. We talked about him, Jesse. Yeah. So give us a five out of five star rating on iTunes now and share us with all your friends because we mentioned your name like ten times. Yeah. No, we love Jesse. Yeah. Eleven so. times now. Oh, no, no, that was 15. <laughs> when I say it, it counts as five every time. Oh, okay. I'm just that much more important than you. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, recommendations before we switch to our nerdy topic. Let's get back on our original podcasting format of recommendations in between. So, since I'm springing this on you and sure you didn't have any ready, I'll go ahead and throw two out really quick. My 
book recommendation. Have I recommended From Heaven He Came in Solder? Yes. I think I did. Okay. Well, that was going to be my book recommendation. <laughs> and I, I know I recommended Confessing Jesus is Lord by Terry Crisop. Uh, now I've recommended Dangerous Calling. I've read a bunch of books this year. It's just they've mostly been Star Wars books. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem. So I'm trying to think of a, a good one to throw out there. Uh, the Pastor is Minor Poet. And I do not remember the author's name off the top of my head right now. But The Pastor is Minor Poet. And if I remember right, the guy who wrote it is actually pretty liberal. And that comes through a little bit in the book. But he still has great application as far as, hey, here's some things that pastors are going to struggle with. Here's some of the hardships and here's how to handle those biblically. And I think he handles it pretty well. So that'll be my book recommendation. And then my media recommendation is going to actually be a podcast. I'm going to throw a huge disclaimer out here with there's a lot of language with it. It is not Christian by any means. Um, But if you want an interesting take on what's going on in the world and just some views from guys who are in the know, or at least somewhat, um, the Joe Rogan Experience is a podcast I've been listening to more lately. And he brings in just a diverse group of people. And so I listen to a Muslim try to explain why everything is predetermined instead of having free will. And then Ted Nugent was on there, which was just interesting as all get out. And so like some of the, some of the podcasts are just, they're dumb. Like I don't listen to all of them the whole way through, but there are some of them that have, that have nuggets and get really interesting. It's just, it's a good glimpse into other worldviews and like, how, how are other people approaching this? Like, if you'd asked me before the uh, listening to the podcast with him and Faraz Sahabi, I would have never thought about people outside of the church discussing fatalism versus free will. Yeah, hardcore determinism. Just, yeah, just wouldn't have thought about it. Like, I would have assumed that everybody just believed in free will. And, like, I would have known there were some outliers to that, of course, but there are a lot of phys- physicists who believe in hard determinism. And so it was it was an interesting discussion about it. But yeah, so that's going to be my two recommendations. Mark, you're up. Yeah, so uh, I think for my book recommendation, I'm actually going to recommend The Pilgrim's Progress. If you have... Little House on the Prairie? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. They're the same thing, right? Yeah. I thought so. Now, if you haven't read The Pilgrim's Progress, I highly recommend it. Um and you can get like an updated language version, which is still good. Um, I do like the original writing of Bunyan, but but that's because Mark likes big fancy words. <laughs> he writes very <laughs> choppy. You can like he, he does write very he was, choppy. He was self-educated slash educated by his wife, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely it's it's definitely worth the read. Mark is right, but it is also yeah. You can you can tell that he, he's not like reading a lot of other uh, Puritans. Um, yeah, but he's good. He's which I mean, if he had, it would be like a thousand times longer. Yeah, for real, it was already a long <laughs> book. But it's good. It's a very, very good read. Um, very interesting. Just the way that he, the whole thing is essentially a parable, um, or now I guess analogy, metaphor. I don't know what you want to call it. It's a good book. Yeah, um, I thought we couldn't use analogies. Um, oh, dude. I'm sorry. That's a that's a that's a private jab that we won't get into now. <laughs> anyway, uh, no. yeah, I think I think analogy would be. Oh, what's that's not the right word though. No, what's not. the word for those those books? Like what J.R.R. Tokens would be considered? 
Wait, what? Correct. It's a literary style of writing. And I used to know what it was. Metaphor? No. Crud. Oh, al- allegory. 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 There we go. Yeah, because Tol- Tolkien hated like allegory, even though it's all allegorical. Though he wrote one. <laughs> yes, and and Pilgrim's Progress would fall under an allegorical category. Yeah, it's a very good book. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, take your time reading it because there is a lot there to chew through. Uh, and again, it's also just not. It's not a sit down and read no, through. No, it's not a, it's not a book anyway. Book. It's not something I'd sit down and just plow through. Uh, it takes time. It, it takes a lot of energy to read. It's not a casual read. Um, Especially if you're reading it in the old English. For sure. But, yeah, so I, I highly recommend Pilgrim's Progress. Um, see, media recommendation. Do, 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 do. Oh, I'm not supposed to do background music. Sorry. <laughs> um, Come on. You always got media. I usually You're the tech do. guru. Yeah, it's a little harder on the fly. I was gonna make a joke recommendation and say I recommended Gilmore Propaganda. Girls. Propaganda. Lindsay's been making me watch Gilmore Girls. Propaganda. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. He's media. Yeah, Russian propaganda. You, like him? you guys should go check out Russian propaganda. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I do this with you? Okay, I make one smart alecky <laughs> smart comment. Almost, I have been a saint this whole episode. Almost 40 minutes into the podcast when you've been doing it the entire time. <laughs> I have not made one snarky comment yet, sir. I also like how this was going to be a short podcast from already 40 minutes in without touching our nerdy topic. Oh, I know. It's good stuff. Although that one should probably go pretty quick. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't even know. For me to recommend. Dude, just... I thought you liked Propaganda. Like, what's oh, yeah, the... Yeah, Propaganda works. That's fine. What's that one album of his that's really good? The one with Precious Puritans on it. I don't know the name of the album. Oh, can Is I recommend like Childish Fred? Gambino? I don't recommend I mean, Childish, you can, like... You can do that if you want, but uh, we're going to lose a lot of listeners. <laughs> yeah. There's a few songs of his that I really enjoy musically, but he's got a lot of um, language and stuff like that, so... Just recommend uh, Pray for the Sinners, or Pray for the Wicked. Nope. <laughs> Panic, the disco's new album. Um, just skip the first song and you're fine. It was a pretty clean album past that song. Wasn't I know. It? I just, I that just dawned on me. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the only Panic album that doesn't have a thousand f bombs in it. He got them all out in the first song and then was done. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Mark says propaganda. Yeah, propaganda sure, is a Christian rapper. Go look him up. He's yeah, got he's some got good stuff. Song Precious Puritans is amazing. His video Life in Six Words is phenomenal. Life in Six Words is phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's it's really good stuff. So he's he's. Well, now that that was all super slow, and you guys were like, just shut up and get on to the next topic. We'll get on to the next topic, and we'll try to have our media recommendations prepped next time, so we don't take twenty minutes <laughs> yeah, that talking was about bad. them. That's okay. They'll live. Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, it's only the same five people who listen to us every time, anyway. <laughs> it's not like we get anybody else. Yeah, you dedicated listeners, we really like you guys. We do. You're our favorites. The rest of you listeners who aren't so dedicated, become dedicated listeners and we'll like you too. Yeah. So, top five games. So we're doing we're doing five most played games and then favorite single and favorite multiplayer, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna give my five 
most played Steam games, because I'm too lazy to think through everything else. That's fine. So, coming in at number one. Actually, no, we should work up yeah, to number one, should yeah, Work up. Okay, so coming in not at number one, but at number <laughs> five, which would be the bottom of the list, is Mountain Blade Warband, which is a sandbox uh, kind of RPG, hack and slash. I don't Hack and slash is the wrong word. Um, basically, you get to pick if you want to be like a knight or an archer or all this stuff, and you roam around the world and you can build up an army. One of the cool aspects it has, though, is when you go into battles, you actually are leading an army that you can command in an RTS kind of format while fighting on the ground alongside them and and issuing orders, which is pretty cool. Um, and there's some it's got a huge modding community. There's some great mods for it. Uh, I can't remember because it's been so long since I played it, any of the really good ones. Full Invasion was one of my favorites because you just it was wave defense. But anyway, so that's my number five. Number four, which I'm sure is also on Mark's list, is Insurgency. Actually, I guess that may not make your cut for all time games. But Insurgency is a mod of Counter-Strike. And it makes I guess it it's a million CSGO. times better. It is. And it's just set in the Middle East, and it's Americans versus terrorists. And it's very hyper-realistic shooter. So you don't have, like, you don't see ammo clip. You don't have very much of a HUD at all. One shot, pretty much you're dead. And so it's a ton of fun. It takes a lot of strategy and coordination. And Mark and I have played that game a ton when we were in college most of our hours on that game came within like a pro- like three month period i was gonna say probably more like four or five month period but yeah. yeah but there was one summer where we both just we had a squad that we rolled with all the time and and it was like that was one of the times too though where mark and I actually developed a relationship with one of the guys we played with got to share the gospel with him on multiple occasions so when people dog video games because you can't you're acting like a kid. Well, maybe acting like a kid gave us the chance to share the gospel with someone who needed it. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Payday 2 is my next one at 533 hours. Man, I shouldn't be giving the actual timestamps <laughs> on these because it makes me sound terrible. <laughs> and so that was actually the first like online game I got when I was a freshman in college. And it's you, you rob banks. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. But it's it's a lot of fun, and I got Mark hooked on that one. We spent an entire spring break oh, yeah. playing that game. Like I swear we played about 20 hours a day and slept like four hours. Yeah, pretty much. Because we went through and did every heist on the hardest difficulty. Yeah. We were really um, good at that game when we were playing during that we time. Were. Coming in at number two with 696 hours is Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, which we've already talked about Ooh, that one maybe. enough, so I don't need to tell you anything yeah. about that. And then my most played game, and this makes Mark so very happy, hmm. my most played game of all time with 1,169 hours is Dota 2. Dota 2 is a game that I love, and I just do not have time to play anymore well, because one round takes an hour. Twelve, Almost 1,200 hours. Haven't you only been playing that game for like a year and a half, two years? No. no I started it... I started really getting into it uh, towards my senior year. I, no, I guess it was after I graduated. So, yeah, only about two years. Um, so we're going to pretend like that's not a thing. And the sad thing is I haven't played it in about a year either. So I racked up that amount of time in like one year because I got most of that time built up between graduating from school and marrying my wife, which was, I guess, no, I guess that was about a year and a half now. So that was about a year and a half time. So, yeah, in about a year and a half I built up 
almost 1200 hours in dota it was a very addicting game and i was i was bad and played it all the time so there's my top five steam games uh dota 2 is a moba very well-known moba which is multiplayer online battle arena yeah what stands for um they have huge tournaments sell out like the lakers stadiums for the pro teams and stuff yeah it's crazy international huge following they make like yeah the team that wins that gets 25 million it's insane um, uh, that's probably inaccurate. That twenty five million is divvied out, but still, they get about. I think. I think the wing team gets close to fifteen million. I know. And if so, you if you look in South Korea, where that style of game and particularly Dota is huge, um, the top paid players are making like seven to ten million dollars a year yeah. playing Dota. So basically, so. think if you know what League of Legends is, Dota's League of Legends done right. So. <laughs> There you go. Mark, you're up. All right. Because so, I figure we'll wait for our favorite games yeah. until after we've done our five. So I actually put at the bottom, there's two games. I put them as a tie. So I, I kind of have six games on here um, because... Way to cheat. You can't ever follow a list. Like, you always do this. <laughs> Anytime we have a list, you're like, oh, let me put this one into... Oh, yeah, but there's also this. Okay. And it's like, top three favorite TV shows, Mark. All right, all right, all right, fine, fine, fine. I'll, ta- <laughs> I'll take Insurgency off. Insurgency... We'll take it off. No, give, it, give Insurgency's both. number six. It's not on my list. <laughs> All right. Number five. <laughs> number five. Uh, my number five is actually Rainbow Six Vegas 2. So, not Rainbow Six Siege. It's the one that came before that. It was very different, comparatively. Super different. Uh, it was... So, Siege originally was very tactical and coordinated like Rainbow Six Sieges. You mean Rainbow, Rainbow Six, Six was... as a series, was always more tactical and yeah. coordinated like Rainbow yeah. Six Siege. Uh, and the Rainbow Six Vegas and Vegas 2 kind of veered from that a little bit and became a... They were still fairly tactical, but it was a very different kind of tactical. Like, you could... Uh, there were moments where the game would go third person, and so you could peek around corners without actually exposing yourself, and you could take a lot of damage, and it was it was a very different style, comparatively. Um and they ruined Rainbow Six for a lot of people because a lot of people only played those, and then got to Siege and like, why is this so hard? Well, and that's what's that's what makes it interesting is because a lot of people who played Siege or played Rainbow Six before Vegas hated Vegas and Vegas Two because it was so it varied so much. And then Siege has come, but they were around for a long time and they were the only Rainbow Six games. And so there was a huge generation of gamers who played Vegas Two and loved it because they never played the games before. And they are good games, like they're not. It's still number five on my list of most played games ever. Um, it's still a really fun game, but it's so. What's the hours? You got. I listed mine. You got to list yours. Oh, see, some of my these. My list is not confined to Siege or to Steam. Okay, but the ones you have hours written down for, you have to I, give us the hours. If for. I had to guess on Rainbow Six Vegas two, I would probably say close to four four hundred and fifty hours. Um. I played a lot of it on Xbox. So that was a game I played all through college. Or high school, I mean. Um, so yeah, right, that's my f- number five. Number four, I have Super Mario 64. That is a game I still play. Um, that game probably is closer to 500 hours. Uh, I've beat it more times than I can count. And it's it's a blast. It's still... I still played on the Nintendo 64. Um, since getting married just over a year ago, I've beaten the game like a dozen times. So, 
Uh, you know what I I didn't think about? I probably because I don't count didn't count PlayStation. UFC two and three are probably both up there too. You think they've climbed that high on your list already? UFC two, UFC three probably hasn't, but UFC two I'm sure did. I played the crap out of that game, dude. That's true, you did. Sorry, go on. Yeah, so so Super Mario sixty four, um, and then my number three coming in at this one is on Steam. Uh, it's my most played on Steam, but not my most played all time. Is Rainbow Six Siege at six hundred and eighty eight hours? Wait, have you passed me up? No, I'm I'm under you still. Um, I am six ninety six, aren't I? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've talked about that game a ton, but that's my number three. Number two, Super Smash Brothers Brawl. I probably put close to eight hundred hours into that game, if I had to guess. Um, that was the third one, I guess, because there was original Super Smash Brothers was Nintendo sixty four. Melee came out on GameCube, and then Super Smash Bros. Brawl was the Wii version. And then there was Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U. And now there's one coming out for the Switch, which I'm super pumped for. But Except you can't play online unless you pay. Dude, their, their online service is going to be like 20 bucks a year. I know. Um, but yeah, I played a ton of Brawl through middle school and high school. When I remember when it came out. I, I owned it, and then I had two friends from church who also owned it, and the three of us would go to, we'd just take turns, like, after church and on the weekends going to each other's houses, and the three of us would just play Smash Bros. the entire time. We'd have our parents yelling at us to go do stuff outside, because all we wanted to do was sit around and play Smash Bros., and we put... And that's why all through high school, Mark was the size of a very, very small twig. <laughs> I remember on my system... On my Wii, we had like 250 hours on it. And then there was the guy whose house we went to the most. Probably, I think he said we had like 400 or so hours on his. And then the other guy was probably close to mine. So it was probably about 800 hours if I had to guess. 750, 800 hours of Super Smash Brothers. Uh, and because of that, I'm way better at it than I should be. Even if I don't touch it for a long time and then go back to it. Um, and you're number one. And my number one is Star Wars Battlefront 2, not the new one. <laughs> uh, the original... If it was a new one, that'd be sad. That would be really sad. <laughs> uh, but back to the, the original Star Wars Battlefront 2 that came out for the PS2. Which was so great. Such a good game. Such like a good those, game. Both of those, the original Battlefront and the original Battlefront 2, were probably up there on my list a lot like pretty high too because that that was my sunday afternoons my dad and i would come home and we'd play split screen battlefront or battlefront 2 yeah um battle so battlefront the first one was probably is probably top 10 for me but battlefront 2 easily is number one there's no doubt in my mind i played so much battlefront 2 um i and that was a game i played by myself i played it with my brother i played it with friends that came over i played it with my dad i and my dad wasn't a gamer but he he played it a little bit um, I played so much Battlefront 2. I love that game. I still... My my dad still plays it. Yeah. Like oh, he yeah. has an old PS2 Slim I got for him because my wife works at a retail shop. They brought it in and we got it for him. And he still plays it. Sadly, we only have one PS2 remote. I'd probably try to play it with him. Although I will say, like I remember when Battlefront 2 came out and being like, man, this is so lifelike. Oh, the graphics don't hold up. And then I get up there and I'm like, I'll watch him play something. I'm like, 
man, these, 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 yeah. It's still these a, it's still a blast well. to play, but the graphics. Oh, it's do a fantastic game. No, not at all. And that was also back when like they didn't quite have the uh, shooter optimization down for controls on a controller. Yeah. And so yeah. it's a little, it's a little janky to try to play now because you're used to the standards, and it's like, wait a minute, what? This this isn't working like it should. Yeah. So. I do have. I have Battlefront 2 on PC as well. I do as well. I never played it there that much, though. I've got 25 it's hours not just the same. on the PC. That, that game I probably it, easily have over 1,000 hours in, if I had to guess. Um, it's just not the same on PC, though. It's harder, dude. The AI's smarter. See, I don't know if it's that as much as it's just... I don't know. I also played it modded a lot on the PC, too, though. Like, they made, like, freaking melee characters and stuff on the PC huh. in mods. Do you see, I didn't do so. anything like that. Oh, dude, there's some pretty it's fun mods. Like you fun. Can... I'm gonna need to get back into it just for that then. Yeah. Aren't there servers? 2005. Don't they have server hosting now? Uh, no? kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Probably like private servers. I think there's like maybe one actual hosted server, and so it fills up really quick. Gotcha. But yeah, it's a fun but game. Um, it is fantastic game. I still. I still would enjoy going back and playing that one. So I don't think we need to give our favorite multiplayer game. Everyone already knows yeah, that. Yeah, it's Siege for both of us. I don't think we need to give our favorite single-player game, because everybody knows yours is Dishonored, and mine is Dishonored too. All right, there we go. <laughs> so like, I just think, I'm like, I don't, I don't think we need to. Anybody yeah, who knows this already knows talked this. About it. Yeah, we've talked about all that stuff a lot already. So. Uh, so, so there you go. There's our most played games, Jesse, and our favorite theological topics. Uh, if you guys want, hit us up. Let us know your most played games, your favorite theological topics to discuss if you want to discuss them join our facebook group air 204 podcast you can tweet at us at air 204 podcast you can email us at air 204 podcast at gmail.com uh i think that's all of our stuff that we got floating out in the wind right now you got a twitter um, did you, i said did you say twitter? tweet us at air yeah, oh, yeah. okay that's the, you tweet on the twitter yeah twitter pages um that's if you fall in love on twitter you're twitter pages <laughs> uh <laughs> Oh my. Come on. You know what that's from, right? No. Dude. Bambi. Oh. It's from Bambi. The skunk falls in love with the other skunk, and they're like, she's Twitter-pated. Okay. Um, it's a fact. Go watch it. <laughs> watch it with Isabella. Make her hate hunters forever. Um. Yeah. So, there you go. There's all the stuff we're at. Uh, are we... Is our merchandise going to be moving to this new website, or is it still going to be a Threadless? No, it's still going to be a Threadless. Okay. So yeah. we do have merchandise that sh- that at Threadless. That should have been my media recommendation with my wife's new <laughs> store. There you go. Well, it's not quite up and running yet, so you can hit it next it's time. Not, it's starting. It's kind of launching on Monday. She's cool. got well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We're dragging out this exit way too long, though. <laughs> so we love you guys. We'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.